What's going on, everybody? This is Ben from Retro Ben Gaming. With all the craziness happening in the world today, I decided to add a little positivity to it with this podcast. This podcast is going to focus on all things video games, whether it's discussing them, playing them, or just getting them on the cheap. Now, whether you're a PC player or a console player, I believe we all have something to add to this conversation. So I hope you enjoy the podcast, and as always, keep gaming. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I know it's been over a month since I posted. The beginning of this year has been hectic. There's been a lot of good and a lot of bad, and I've just been in a whirlwind of activity. But I did not forget. I just trying to find time, and I finally found some time. And good thing I did find time because we're going to celebrate an anniversary on this episode. And that is the anniversary of the release of Super Mario Bros. 3. Now, I played the living daylights out of this game. I played this game so much. I think I got to the point where I was speed running it unintentionally. I just had known it so well and, and done so many things so quickly that I could just run through it. The best part about this game, aside from the actual game, was when you go to school and you'd hear all these rumors on the playground and you're like, I got to get home and I got to find out if they're true or not. And some are true, some are not. It was always amazing when you found out a secret from a classmate and you went home and you thought, oh, son of a gun, he wasn't lying to me. Like that, that was amazing. So without further ado, let's talk about the history of Super Mario Brothers 3. Super Mario Brothers 3 is a platform game developed and published by Nintendo for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was released for home consoles in Japan on October 23, 1988, in North America on February 12, 1990, and in Europe on August 29, 1991. It was developed by Nintendo Entertainment Analysis and Development, led by Shigeru Miyamoto and Takahashi Tezuka. Players control brothers Mario or Luigi, who must save Princess Tosul and the rulers of seven different kingdoms from the antagonist Bowser. As in previous Mario games, they defeat enemies by stomping on them or using items that bestow magical powers. They also have new abilities including flight and sliding down slopes. Super Mario Bros. 3 introduced many elements that became Super Mario staples, such as Bowser's children or the Kooplings, and a world map to transition between levels. Super Mario Bros. 3 was praised by critics for its challenging gameplay and is regarded as one of the greatest video games of all time. It is the third best-selling NES game, with more than 17 million copies sold worldwide. It also inspired an animated television series, The Adventures of Super Mario Bros. 3, produced by DIC Entertainment. Super Mario Bros. 3 was remade for the Super NES as a part of the Super Mario All-Stars in 1993 and for the Game Boy Advance as Super Mario Advance 4 Super Mario Bros. 3 in 2003. It's a lot of threes, I know, I'm sorry. It was re-released on the Virtual Console service on the Wii U and 3DS and was included on the NES Classic Mini. On September 19th, 2018, it was re-released on the Nintendo Switch Online service and added Netplay. Super Mario Bros. 3 is a two-dimensional, side-scrolling platform game in which the player controls either Mario or Luigi. The game shares similar gameplay mechanics with previous games in the series, such as Super Mario Bros. and Super Mario Bros. Lost Levels, and Super Mario Bros. 2. 
while introducing several new elements. In addition to the running and jumping found in previous games, the player character can slide down slopes, pick up and throw certain items, and freely climb vines. New power-ups were introduced, including the Super Leaf and the Tanuki Suit, which allow Mario to fly and to float. The game world consists of eight kingdoms, each subdivided into multiple levels. The eight worlds feature distinct visual themes. For example, the second world, Desert Land, or Desert Hill in Japanese and North American PRG0 versions, contains sand-covered levels with pyramids, while the levels in the fourth world, Giant Land, or Big Island, contain obstacles and enemies twice their normal height and width. The player navigates through the game via two game screens, an overworld map and a course. The overworld map displays an overhead representation of the current kingdom and has several paths leading from the world's entrance to a castle. Paths connect to action panels, fortresses, and other map icons, and allow players to take different routes to reach the kingdom's goal. Moving the on-screen character to an action panel or fortress will allow access to that course, a linear stage populated with obstacles and enemies. The majority of the game takes place in these levels, with the player transversing the stage by dashing, jumping, flying, swimming, and dodging, or defeating enemies. Players start with a certain number of lives and may gain additional lives by picking up green spotted 1-up mushrooms hidden in bricks, or by collecting 100 coins, among other methods. Mario and Luigi lose a life if they take damage while small, fall into lava, or a bottomless pit, or run out of time. The game ends prematurely when all lives are lost. Although the player can continue from the beginning of the world, they lost their last life in by selecting continue. If the player chooses to continue, all fortresses and enemy courses, as well as the tank and ship levels from the 8th world that the player previously completed, will remain completed, and any locked doors that were unlocked will also remain unlocked. This allows the player to continue from the last fortress level they completed in most cases. The player will also be able to keep all of their items in their inventory. Completing stages allows the player to progress through the overworld map and to succeeding worlds. Each world features a final stage with the boss to defeat. The first seven worlds feature an airship controlled by one of the Kooplings, while the player battles Bowser in his castle in the eighth world as the final boss. Other map icons include large boulders and locked doors that impede paths. Many games and bonus screens on the map provide the player a chance to obtain special power-ups and additional lives. Power-ups obtained in these minigames are stored in a reserve and can be activated by the player from the map screen. In addition to special items from previous games like the Super Mushroom, the Superstar, and the Fire Flower, new power-ups are introduced and provided the player with new options. The Super Leaf and Tanuki suit gave Mario, Raccoon, and Tanuki appearances respectively, allowing him to fly for a short period of time. The Tanuki suit also enables him to turn into Statue Mario to avoid enemies for a short period of time. Changing into a Tanuki statue while jumping results in Mario pounding the ground and killing whatever enemies are directly under him. This is the first appearance of the new standard ground pound move in the Mario series. The new frog suit highly increases the character's underwater speed and agility and boosts jumping height on land. Another new suit, the hammer suit, gives Mario the appearance of the hammer bro enemy and allows him to throw hammers at enemies and resist fire attacks when crouching. Let me tell you, when I got that Tanuki suit, I would be so excited, and for some reason, I would just lose it faster than any other power-up. 
I just I could never understand the whole statue phase, and I'd end up coming out of it when the enemy was right there, and oh, it looks so cool, but man, I I, I ruined the moment whenever I got it. I, I stuck to my super leaf or the um, the raccoon leaf because I understood that I knew how to fly all that good stuff, but even the Mario suit was kind of or the sorry even the frog suit was a little eh, but I I just could never figure out that Tanuki suit. Super Mario Bros. 3 includes a multiplayer option that allows two players to play the game by taking turns at navigating the overworld map and accessing stage levels. The first player controls Mario, while the other controls Luigi, a palette swap of Mario. Through this mode, players can access several minigames, including a remake of the original Mario Bros. arcade game in which one player has the opportunity to steal the cards of another, but may lose their turn if they lose the minigame. It was always uh, fun, but also stressful when you were two playing, because you wanted to get to the uh, little bonus levels, and even though you'd have some kind of unspoken, or maybe sometimes a spoken agreement on, hey, you got the last card house, so I get this card house, man, it was all up for dibs. I, I, I was too trusting, and my friends would always take it and be like, oh, my bad, I didn't mean to do that, whoops, and yeah, eventually I got bitter, and I took them all, didn't care. That's what the game does to you, man. Hate the game, not the player. The plot of Super Mario Bros. 3 is described in the instruction booklet. The Mushroom World, the setting of the game, is invaded by the Koopalings, Bowser's seven children. The Koopalings conquer each of the seven kingdoms by stealing its king's magical wand and using it to transform him into an animal. Princess Toadstool sends Mario and Luigi to travel to each kingdom, retrieve the stolen wand, and restore its king to normal. Mario and Luigi receive notes and special items from Princess Toadstool after rescuing each of the first six kings. When they rescue the seventh king, they instead receive a note from Bowser boasting that he has kidnapped Toadstool and imprisoned her within the castle of his own realm, Darkland. The brothers travel through Darkland, enter his castle, and defeat Bowser in a battle. The game ends with Princess Toadstool being freed from the castle. How cool was it when you first got to the final level of Darkland and it was all airships and tanks and all that and it was just dark and they were shooting the bullets and the cannonballs. Oh my gosh, that was so amazing. Uh, I would constantly die falling off the ships or getting hit, but I didn't care. It looked so dang cool doing all those levels. That was one of the best Mario levels I have ever played. According to Shigeru Miyamoto, Super Mario Bros. 3 was conceived as a stage play. The title screen features a stage curtain being drawn open, and the original NES version, in-game objects hang from off-screen catwalks are bolted to the background or cast shadows on the skyline. When Mario finishes the level, he walks off the stage. Beginning development shortly after the 1986 release of the Famicom Disk System's Super Mario Bros. 2, Super Mario Bros. 3 was developed by Nintendo Entertainment Analysis and Development, a team that consisted of more than 10 people. The game took more than two years to complete. The development budget, when converted to U.S. dollars, amounts to about 800000 to $1.3 million. And that would be $2 million to $3.2 million adjusted for inflation. Developer Shigeru Miyamoto served as director. He worked closely with the designers and programmers during the conceptual and final stages, encouraging a free interchange of ideas. Miyamoto considered intriguing and original ideas to be key to creating a successful game. Originally, the team intended for the game to be played from an isometric point of view, but the developers found this made it too difficult to position jumps. 
so the game was changed to the 2D side view used in previous games. Some isometric elements remain, such as the checkered floor present in the title screen. All pixel art for the game was drawn using a Fujitsu FM R50 HD business computer, while HP 64000 mainframe computers with a 6502 processor card were used to write and test code. Hi. There's some nerd facts for you. The game was designed to appeal to players in varying skill levels. To assist less to no skill players, bonus coins and one-ups were more abundant in earlier worlds, while later worlds present the more complex challenges for experienced players. In the two-player mode, the players alternate turns to balance playtime. The development team introduced new power-ups and concepts that would give Mario the appearance of different characters as a means of providing him with new abilities. An early idea changed Mario into a centaur, but was dropped in favor of raccoon tail with limited flying ability. Other costumes with different abilities were added to his repertoire, and levels were designed to take advantage of these abilities. New enemies were included to add diversity to the game, along with the variants of previous enemies such as Goombas, Hammer Bros, and Koopa Troopers. Some of the enemy designed for Super Mario Bros. 3 was inspired by the team's personal experiences. For example, the Chain Chomp enemy, a barking tethered ball and chain creature with eyes and teeth that lunges at the player when in close proximity, was drawn from Miyamoto's early life in which a dog lunged at him, but was pulled away from him. Bowser's children, the Koopalings, were designed to be unique in appearance and personality. Miyamoto based the characters on seven of his programmers as a tribute to their work and efforts. I don't know if that's a tribute. Some of those Koopalings look pretty dumb. Nintendo of America named the Koopalings after well-known musicians. For example, the characters Ludwig von Koopa and Roy Koopa were named after Ludwig von Beethoven and Roy Orbitson, respectively. The character graphics were created with a special graphics machine or character-generating computer-aided design that generated a collection of the graphical shapes used in the game. Shapes in the collection were assigned to numbers that the game's code used to access and combine to form complete images on the screen in real time. The Super Mario Bros. 3 cartridge uses Nintendo's custom MMC3 ASIC to enhance the NES capabilities. The MMC3 chip allows for animated tiles, extra RAM for diagonal scrolling, and a scan line timer to split the screen. The game uses these functions to split the game screen into two portions, a play field on the top and a status bar on the bottom. On the overworld map, the status bar doubles as an inventory for items and power-ups. This allows the top portion to scroll as the character navigates the stage, while the bottom portion remains static to display text and other information. Like its predecessors, the music in Super Mario Bros. 3 was composed by Koji Kondo, who composed several new songs as well as returning melodies from Super Mario Bros. According to Kondo, who had composed the music in Super Mario Bros. based on what he believed fit the levels rather than focusing on composing a specific genre of music, the game was the most difficult game for him to compose. Kondo experimented with several different genres of music, unsure of how to follow up the music from the first game after hearing from several people that it sounded a lot like Latin or fusion music and came up with several different melodies throughout its development before settling on what ultimately made it into the game. The development team decided that music on the title screen was unnecessary. During 1988, a shortage of ROM chips, along with Nintendo's preparations of Super Mario Bros. 2, 
prevented Nintendo from performing various North American game releases according to their original schedules. The delayed products included Super Mario Bros. 3, and according to Nintendo Power, Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link. The delay, however, presented Nintendo with an opportunity to promote the game in a feature film. In 1989, Tom Pollock of Universal Studios approached Nintendo of America's marketing development about a video game movie, inspired by Nintendo video game competitions. Pollock envisioned a video game version of Tommy for younger audiences. Nintendo licensed its products for inclusion in what would become the film The Wizard. During the movie's production, the filmmakers requested and were granted approval from Nintendo regarding the script and the portrayal of the company's games. Super Mario Bros. 3 was one of the products shown in the film and was used in a final scene involving a video game competition. The film was released in December 1989 between the home console releases of the game in Japan and North America. Now, if you guys have not seen The Wizard, uh, don't rush out and see it now. It's a little too late. Um, there are a couple cool scenes as a video game enthusiast, but the movie as, as a whole kind of blows. It's like... Um, I'm going to get a lot of hate, but it's kind of like The Karate Kid, where I love watching The Karate Kid. I watch it as much as I can because I love that movie, but it's a terrible movie. I just watch it for the nostalgia, and it takes me back. So keep that in mind. The marketing budget for Super Mario Bros. 3 was $25 million, bringing the game's total development and marketing budget to $25.8 million, or $64 million adjusted for inflation. Super Mario Bros. 3 was lauded by the video game press. It is frequently considered the best game released on the NES. Computer and Video Games editor Paul Rand, Tim Boone, and Frank O'Connor awarded the game a 98% score, praising it for its gameplay, replayability, sound, and graphics. Boone commented that the game is nearly flawless in its utterly stupendous incredibility and absolute impossible to put down for anything less than a fire alarm, and even then you find yourself weighing down the odds. Ran called Super Mario Bros. 3 the best video game ever, labeling it the Mona Lisa of gaming, and stating that it is astoundingly brilliant in every way, shape, and form. O'Connor stated that the game makes Sonic the Hedgehog look like a wet Sunday morning, and even gives the Super Famicom's Super Mario World a run for its money. Now, I don't know about that. I don't know if Super Mario Bros. 3 is, is, is better than Super Mario World, but I agree with them wholeheartedly. And I don't have any of these snazzy comeback or, or these witty remarks about it. All I can say is this game took up a lot of my precious, precious time between school, homework, and everything else. It was this game. I probably wore some pins out, pulling in and out of the, the system because somebody else had put another game in and I had to put that one in. So that's my review. 10 out of 10, 10 and a half out of 10. How about that? The Japanese publication Famitsu gave it a 35 out of 40. Julian Rignall of Mean Machines referred to Super Mario Bros. as the finest video game he had ever played, citing its addictiveness, depth, and challenge. A second Mean Machines reviewer, Matt Regan, accepted the game would be a bestseller in the United Kingdom and echoed Rignall's praise, calling it a truly brilliant game. Regan further stated the game offered elements which tested the player's brains and reflexes, and that though the graphics were simple, they were incredibly varied. In a preview of the game, Nintendo Power gave it high marks in graphics, audio, challenge, gameplay, and enjoyability. Shocking, Nintendo Power gave high marks to a Nintendo game. Alright, whatever. The items hidden in the game's levels, such as the warp whistles, were well received. Rignall regarded them as part of the game's addictiveness, 
and Chef stated that finding them provided a sense of satisfaction. Yes, it did, 100%. Even though I wouldn't use them, when you go to that reserve and click, I think it was the select button, and it would flip over and you could see the whistles and all that stuff, that was a little source of pride for me. Criticism focused on particular aspects of the game. Regnall described the audio and visuals as being outdated in comparison to games on the Mega Drive, Genesis, and the Super NES, the latter platform having already been launched in other regions by the time Super Mario Bros. 3 was released in Europe. Super Mario Bros. 3 became a best-selling game. In Japan, it appeared at the top of the Famitsu sales charts in December 1988 and January 1989, and became the second best-selling game of 1988 after Dragon Quest III. By mid-1989, Super Mario Bros. 3 had become the second best-selling game in Japan, non-bundled up until then. After Dragon Quest III, Super Mario Bros. 3 went on to become the overall best-selling game of 1989 in Japan, just above Tetris in second place. It also topped the Japanese sales chart in January of 1990. By 1993, it had sold 4 million cartridges in Japan. In North America, the inclusion of Super Mario Bros. 3 in The Wizard served as a preview which generated a high level of anticipation in the United States prior to its release. Levi Buchanan of IGN considered the game's appearance in the film as a show-stealing element, referring to the movie as a 90-minute commercial for the game. He's not wrong there. The game sold 250,000 copies in its first two days of release. According to a spokeswoman for Nintendo, it remained the top-selling game in the United States through April and June to September of 1990. In 1990, the game sold more than 8 million units. By 1993, author David Siff said the game had sold 11 million unbundled units in Japan and the United States, commenting that, in music industry terms, the game went platinum 11 times. In the United States alone, the game has generated 600 million, which is equivalent to 1.3 billion in 2022, in revenue for Nintendo by early 1992, exceeding the gross revenue of the films E.T., Batman, and Jurassic Park. The game also was a hit in other regions such as Europe and Singapore. By 2000, the game had sold more than 17 million copies worldwide and held the record for the best-selling non-bundled video game for a long time. As of 2011, Super Mario Bros. 3 was the highest-grossing non-bundled home video game up until then, and a 2011 inflation-adjusted revenue of $1.7 billion, which is equivalent to $2.2 billion in 2022. In 2013, GamesRadar reported that the game had sold more than 18 million copies for the NES. Game Informer also reported in their October 2009 issue that the virtual console version had sold 1 million more copies. In the magazine Fumitsu's 1998 Best Hit Game Awards, Super Mario Bros. 3 won the Best Action Game Award. In 1989, Fumitsu gave it the award for Best Action Game released since 1983. The NES version of the game has been played on several other Nintendo consoles. It was released in emulation as a downloadable virtual console in 2007 for the Wii and in 2014 for the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U consoles. It is one of the 30 pre-installed games in the NES Classic Edition console and is on the Nintendo Switch Online service. Super Mario Bros. 3 was included in the 1993 SNES game Super Mario All-Stars, a compilation of remakes of NES Super Mario games featuring updated graphics and sound, which was also later released on the Wii 
in 2010 and on the Nintendo Switch Online service in 2020. Super Mario 3 Special, an unofficial bootleg port for the Game Boy Color, was released in 2000. This version was developed in Hong Kong and is truncated to only five levels. Former 1UP.com journalist Ray Barnholt panned Super Mario 3 Special as a horrible, awful, rank piece of software. Barnholt criticized its extremely short length, atrocious controls leading him to liken Mario's movement to a drunken Sonic, poor level design, coloring and music, and a lack of a proper ending. A Game Boy Advance version, Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Bros. 3, was released in 2003. In addition to the visual and sound changes from Super Mario All-Stars, this version also includes support for the Nintendo e-reader peripheral, which allows the player to access new levels and power-ups stored on e-reader cards. Super Mario Bros. 3 introduced several elements carried over to subsequent Mario games. A similar overworld map is used in Super Mario World, Super Mario Bros. DX, and New Super Mario Bros. And Mario's ability to fly has been a feature in games such as Super Mario World, Super Mario 64, and Super Mario Galaxy. The game's Super Leaf item has returned in more recent Mario games for the Nintendo 3S, like Super Mario 3D Land, Mario Kart 7, and new Super Mario Bros. 2. Bowser's red hair was first popularized in the game and has since become a part of his standard appearance. Through a collaboration between NBC and Nintendo of America, an animated television series, The Adventures of Super Mario Bros. 3, was created from September to December 1990 by DIC Entertainment. The show aired weekly on Saturday mornings on NBC alongside the second season of Captain N, The Game Master, as part of an hour-long Captain N and the Adventures of Super Mario Bros. 3 programming block with 26 episodes and featured numerous characters, enemies, and settings from the video game. The original seven Koopalings were given different names based on their given personalities and are also given a new age order. Other Nintendo products have included various elements of the game as well. Music from Super Mario Bros. 3 appears as a track on Nintendo Sound Selection Koopa, a collection of songs from Nintendo games. The game's stages and graphics comprise a background theme in the 2006 Nintendo DS game Tetris DS. The Koopalings were also world bosses in Super Mario World, Mario is Missing, Yoshi's Safari, Hotel Mario, and all New Super Mario Bros. games except New Super Mario Bros. Boom Boom, another boss from the game, additionally reappears in Super Mario 3D Land and Super Mario 3D World, alongside a boomerang-welding female counterpart named Pom Pom. Super Mario Bros. 3 is one of the games represented as themes in both Super Mario Maker and Super Mario Maker 2. In the early 1990s, game developers John Carmack and Tom Hall developed an IBM PC clone of Super Mario Bros. 3 based on their innovative adaptive tile refresh software that performs smooth, side-scrolling graphics on EGA cards. They demonstrated it to Nintendo leaders who were impressed with the demo but rejected cloning in favor of exclusivity. Carmack and Hall went on to found ID Software and developed Commander Keen, a series of platform games inspired by Super Mario Bros. 3. The Super Mario Bros. 3 demo had not been readily shared, but a working copy was discovered and preserved in the Museum of Play in July of 2021. Now, I don't know if you guys have also played Commander Keen on the computer. That is a great series of computer games. If you ever get the chance to find a, a retro website that you can get that, play Commander Keen. It is really cool. 
In April 1993, Famitsu Magazine awarded Super Mario Bros. 3 a world record for having the most strategy guide books published, with 20 strategy books published for the game up until then. At the 2007 Game Developers Conference, Stanford University curator Henry Lowood, along with game designers Warren Spector and Steve Moretzky, academic researcher Matteo Britanni, and game journalist Christopher Grant named Super Mario Bros. 3 one of the 10 most important video games of all time. Being a member of a game canon whose inductees were submitted to the Library of Congress for having cultural significance or historic significance. The New York Times reported Grant said its inclusion was due to the game's non-linear play being a mainstay of contemporary games, and how it allows the player to move backward and forward in levels. On November 20, 2020, a sealed copy with rare alternate cover art featuring bros on the left instead of the center was sold for $156,000, the most money ever paid for a video game at that time. What a waste of $156,000. Anyway, if it makes you happy, rock on. That's just my opinion. That, my friends, is the history of Super Mario Bros. 3. Now, this was recorded on February 12th, but it's probably not going to get out until the 13th, so I'm a day late, and I apologize. Anyway, hope you guys had a chance as a kid to play this amazing game. I hope this brief history brought back some great memories as a kid playing this amazing game by yourself or with friends. Hope you guys have a chance this week to play some games. It doesn't have to be Super Mario Bros. 3, but I would highly suggest it. It is a great game. I think I might go through this and tally up the amount of times I said the word super. Either way, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this. You can get a hold of me at retrovangaming at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. As always, be good people. Be good to those around you, and keep on gaming. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please take a second to subscribe. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can at retrobendgaming at gmail.com. Thanks again, and as always, keep gaming.